0: At TQ, we aim to inspire trust through providing individuals with the tools needed to test and prove who they are in real time. In today's episode, Innovation Lead at Innovation UK, Amy Peace, talks about how having a circular economy is the way forward when building a more sustainable
1: future. So, I am Amy Peace. I'm the Innovation Lead for Circular Economy. So, my background's in the chemical industry, work for big multinationals, scammed to small industry but also spent quite a bit of time working on European big cross sector projects looking at things like sustainability analysis how do you get non-specialists interested in that and also how do you get impact from research and innovation actually into industry so what are those real barriers that make industry want to take up an innovation versus it just sitting in a nice glossy report on a shelf somewhere so my current role is um as it's a circular economy it's a bit of everything so working across quite a lot of different sectors here. So it's a mixture of both managing existing projects and programs which have a circular economy feel to it. So this is where we've provided grants to um, businesses directly, either working individually or in collaboration with uh, universities, but also looking forward into kind of the strategy of where do we think there are gaps and opportunities where uh, business could be innovating more and we need to, to help them address those gaps.
0: So in terms of circular economy, what made you want to get into it or how did you fall into that field?
1: Yeah, so I've been working in sustainability for most of my career, although admittedly when I left university, sustainability wasn't something that appeared in job titles. You know, I, I was interested in sort of environmental side of things. Um, but again, I didn't want to work in sort of environmental engineering. It was a lot about waste processing and being a kind of... Literally, the butt end of processes, which is not so much interesting. Whether I like the big picture stuff, you know, is this the right process we should be using? Is this the right technology?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, it, when I was in industry, I started doing things like life cycle analysis studies, carbon footprinting studies really, where should we focus the effort on particular technologies? And it's from there that I kind of went, Well, it's kind of okay doing this for one company, I'm interested more in should we actually be doing this technology from a completely different company? And how does the public sector actually say, this is the technology we wanna support versus just sort of internally within one company. So um, yeah, working more broadly in sustainability then has uh, been something that's sort of interest and obviously good stuff at the European level. That's It's a real kind of, sort of level where you actually get a lot of multinationals agreeing, this is where we need to make sort of common decisions on, mm-hmm. where both again, supporting industry to do things for themselves, but also where do we need the public sector doing do things on legislation? And circular economy was always kind of one of the, the tools in the sustainability boxes. You know, if you want to be more sustainable, sudden, sometimes being more circular can be the way to be it, you know, considering end of life, but also not just being about, well, we've got to do more recycling. It's those tighter loops that are the things that we really want to promote. So. How do we get people reusing products more or how do we remanufacture and repair products so that we're not having to always break things down into individual little bits and molecules or scrap and then recycle it back around all the process again mm-hmm. um, so when i yeah when i joined innovate it was okay i'm joining with the circular economy title but at the same time i'm not always saying circular is better because it's always about trade-offs you know you might put um, find that you want to do um, recovery of the material and try and recycle it or reprocess it. But you might be using more energy to do that. You might be using more water. So actually, it's not always a guarantee that it's more sustainable. If you're working with something that's really benign and and it, you know, and also really disparate in, in your supply chain, trying to get that back and get value back out of it requires a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's too easy to say, everybody's going to be circular, everyone's going to do these new business models. But it really doesn't work. In every situation or you've really got to customize it to work so yeah i've come in with the skeptical eye but with sort of sustainability as being mm-hmm. uh, the real driver
0: so if someone didn't really know what circular economy meant or was how would you describe it to them
1: yeah it, it essentially it's those loops so um i've got some classic slides sometimes when using with everybody from industry through to school children to be honest i'm saying this is how we get stuff what society needs so you know we dig stuff out of the ground we process it we move it around we manufacture it from parts into products now if manufacturing is doing a good job we're making products that society needs so it's things from everything from your buildings your transport your food entertainment you know we don't want to say society has to be boring to be sustainable and it's in a linear one we then make those products and then they get wasted and then we have a problem to deal with, and that end of life is seen as being a problematic thing. And that's often where we've been in a lot of sectors for many years. So circular economy is saying we've put all this effort into making this stuff, and not just the value in the materials themselves. I mean, obviously, some of them are scarce. When we talk about things that are in your mobile phones, you know, there's a higher concentration of precious metals and gold in your phone than there is in the mine, where they get gold from. You know, these are valuable things that we don't find naturally. In the UK certainly so can we try and recover those and equally as we said put a lot of energy into it you've made quite a high carbon footprint in these products if we can get those products still in use and whether as I say that's just by fixing one bit of it you know it's kind of almost like a modular approach to some products or allowing somebody else to use that same product so like we do with things like zip car and servitization sort are models that you don't have to own the car it can be owned collectively and you can just have a leasing model so those are some of those kind of tighter loops where it's like getting more value out of the product. And then it's kind of, we also say circularity is through to kind of what most people think of as recycling, where it's saying, let's not just have a waste problem here. Let's try and get value back out of that waste.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you say the main benefits of living in a
1: circular economy are? A beautiful world in which we all live in that. I mean, it's, uh, it's. People being actually aware and conscious of the stuff that's going through their hands. And I say, that value that's actually in it. When we get sort of the the throwaway society, I mean, fast fashion is something that gets a lot of bad press from being sort of almost the ultimate. I mean, it's it's very low single digit percentages of clothing. I think maybe even like two to three percent of clothing gets recycled back into clothing. I mean, it's absolutely minor and so this just expectation that we can just have stuff constantly through new stuff all the time and it just wasted and it not to be an issue has basically dropped off a cliff you know you, you reach a threshold in so many sectors uh, where that just becomes unfeasible it becomes uneconomical as well um and obviously there's a lot of press around sort of COP 26 and net zero people are focused on climate change but other things have also got into that mix of when you know circularity doesn't work yeah. So plastics is a really good example there. You know, Blue Planet got on TV and people's attention, not because it was climate change, but because something had gone wrong, something had gone in the wrong place. And that's when circularity is, is you know, something ends up in the wrong place, either because it's a low value stuff that someone couldn't be bothered to do with, or we're missing out on value because that's a high value material. We could have actually made more money out of got more value back from
0: If someone had no idea where to start and they, they were just trying to create a more sustainable tomorrow for themselves or the planet, where, where would you advise them to start? It's,
1: I mean, if you're an individual consumer, it's, you know, there's, there's different sort of challenges there depending on what you're looking at. So mm-hmm. as a consumer, there are various sort of product groups where we've got particular problems. So I've already mentioned kind of the textile side of thing. And some people can say, well, that's okay. I give my old clothes to charity. Well, the the knowledge that actually most of the clothes that we go to charity, we ship overseas to the likes of Ghana and they end up in a big clothing mountain, which they find increasingly difficult to deal with. I mean, that consciousness is actually, just because you pass it on to somebody else doesn't mean that you can go, that's great, I can just buy new clothes again. So yeah, in the fashion world, there's, there's a lot of sense of actually slowing down that loop and actually thinking, you know, some people kind of say it's, can I just wear this thing one more time? Even just that simple thing of, can I wear it a few more times? Yeah, Automatically slashes kind of the carbon footprint or the material footprint of you wearing an item. So it is that kind of aspect to it. Now, obviously, if you want to buy secondhand clothes or other things, again, that's a good way to do it. And um, with things like electronics, it used to be kind of if you bought something that was, Refurbished, it was almost kind of seen as being a sort of uh, something that you a second class thing to do. You know, you, yeah. you always try and choose new. Why on earth would you choose refurbished? But we're actually finding there's quite a few businesses who've got really good business models of how they take back substandard products and get them working, remanufacture them. And often these products have had very little wrong with them in the first place. You know, it might have been they were delivered in the wrong color but it simple things like that or it might just you know the wrong batteries installed or something like this yeah and a lot of these companies are able to issue warranties for these as good as new so the consumer being aware that actually remanufactured refurbished products aren't a secondary thing it's actually a better thing to actually do that is a really good way of thinking but then obviously at the end of their lives it's it's like what do you do with your products? Do you fill your drawer with old mobile phones, or do you actively search out who can get value out of this thing I've got there? Now, whether that be just giving it away to somebody selling it on, or passing it on to a company that, even though oh it's broken, no one will want it, no, there's still a lot of value in there. Somebody else can actually sort of make some uh, make some products and you know keep those materials in use and of value.
0: Do you think this notion of circular economies, do you think it's moving in the right direction? Do you think there'll be more in say 50 years?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a new concept. So there's been sort of interested in kind of how it's evolved over the last sort of 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can say, well, it's just being more efficient with our resources, you know, it's just been yeah. sort of more conscious. And the actual sort of terminology of circular economy is is Got a lot more traction since the likes of um the ellen mccarthy foundation who really pushed sort of circularity to a much more mainstream audience than yeah. sort of off the sort of academic page of where kind of just resource efficiency often sort of sat so we're getting a lot more companies that have it right up there in their objectives you know how we're going to be more sustainable we're going to be more circular that comes with it kind of like well how do we know we're being more circular and there are a lot of challenges in companies how they measure that and what they should be measuring. Does it change their behavior in, you know, what you measure affects what you do. So they've got to measure the right thing. So on on kind of the surface, I see it really sort of taking off and people seeing where there's been good examples, good business models and case studies to sort of copy. But there is a danger as more people get aware of it, the more people just slap it on as a label. And it's, you know, classic greenwashing. You know, this is made with recycled materials now this is a particular sort of a bugbear really for me you know we're getting a lot of legislation that says some new products have to be made with a certain percentage of recycled material which on the surface sounds good because it's promoting circularity you've got to have a lot more recycled material in there but it doesn't have any consideration for what does that new product do when it gets to its end of life so actually sometimes you might have created a new product that's got you know, recycle this from plastics, this from a plant, this from metals, this. You mangle them all together in a new product and go, look at this sustainable product made with all these recycled materials. That at its end of life is now extremely difficult to take apart and right. retain the value of. So it's very hard to kind of put a circularity stamp on products and say that they've really thought about the full system.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very
1: easy to say that they've kind of done a bit of it but actually they might've made it worse somewhere else. So it's a very sounds easy concept, but very easy to also get terribly wrong.
0: So would there be any negative effects of doing that process?
1: Yeah, well, as I say, if if you end up making a material that's actually more difficult to deal with, then yeah, definitely. I mean, some of what we've seen even some um, like plastics um, packaging and things being replaced you know with, with different materials and um, we've seen quite a few um, products that have come onto the market that have gone hey I'm plastic free you know literally their product themselves telling us I am plastic free yeah um, and I am recyclable and recyclable it holds a whole load of sins, you know you look into the small print, it's like, you can't put this actually in your own bin. Actually, you have to send it by post, by the manufacturer. I mean, who's going to do that? For starters, and then even then, it's been shown some of these manufacturers, when they get their products back, they go, okay, let's just put those in the corner, and we'll worry about those later. So, yeah, it's um, very easy to to make things worse. And actually, if they've just been using an easily recyclable plastic, I mean, things like PET, we've got Pretty much closed loop um, recycling on things like milk bottles and the likes. You know there's th- not an intrinsically bad thing but yep. sometimes making a choice where you think you're gonna be more sustainable might not be.
0: Have you got any um, tips for anyone to get around those negative
1: effects? Yeah I mean it's some people do this sort of in ignorance you know they've just kind of looked at a small piece of the picture and not realised they're moving the problem elsewhere Um, I mean a bit cynical but some companies do it because it's the you know the least they can do and sort of you know the most they can get away with so I think companies do need to be aware that legislation is really starting to get there or sort of biting back I mean I wouldn't say it's not there but equally the consumers themselves are getting a lot more informed and and starting to like what can I do with this at end of life why can't I put this in my bin or told me I could compost this at home and yet here it is two years later and it still looks exactly the same. So there's a lot more challenge there and actually the reputational damage of having a product which doesn't actually meet the standard of what they've said it's going to do, it's starting to catch up but uh, yeah, it's still a challenge.
0: (laughs) TQ is a community of trusted experts who continuously test their skills and knowledge. The MyTQ app allows you to build your portable, irrefutable, professional reputation. MyTQ users can assess their skills against the ever-growing traceable knowledge to reach expert level. You can contribute as a co-creator on the MyTQ app and help others grow their skills and knowledge. Find out more on TQ.com.